you're yum, dumb, and yum, young, dumb, and full of spud. And a lot of toxic poop. <laughs> a lot of toxic poop. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry, I wasn't looking at It's that. actually, dude, I've heard you actually have like up to like 20 feet of toxic poop in your body at any given time. Sorry, just stubbed my toe. Uh, yeah, I have about a. I uh, I took a pretty heavy, uh, pretty heavy shit when I woke up today. Um, but yeah, like sometimes you can feel it, you know. Like I, the, I a few weeks ago I had uh, burritos for dinner like four times in a row, and I only pooped like once a day, and my I was feeling that like sour gut. Maybe it was from the four <laughs> burritos, but. <laughs> have you ever like had to poop so bad it's woken you up out of sleep like you've been woken up out of sleep just to shit many times and i've also sharded myself awake more times really? in my adult life than i would like to uh that i would like to fess up for i've never sharded myself awake that is gnarly like, but i have woken up and immediately like had to poop and then as soon as the pooping was over i like was able to fall right back, right back to, sleep. to sleep it's, it's insane it, it's kind of uh, not not to be too crass, but it's almost like I think we passed from the back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? No, it's kind of like I, I feel like a really good shit is almost the same like body euphoria dopamine release that you get from like ejaculating. You think it's on that level? Oh, I I think it is. You know, I'm I'm not a very sexual person though. Yeah. So I think I think I prefer prefer a good shit over um a sexual encounter. A good shit does feel really good. <laughs> but you know what else is really good? This podcast, the horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. It is Ruminations of Red Rum. Uh before we get started, uh we lost a good one today. Uh by the time that this recording comes out, it's already going to be old news. It's kind of already old news, but um, we lost, we lost a truly American person, someone, national treasure, someone, someone say. who understands what the Second Amendment means for us, <laughs> and he did everything in his dumb-brained power to get it done. Uncle Ted, Ted Kaczynski, passed away today. Uh, oh, I thought we were talking about Ian. Oh no. no! Fuck no! Fuck Ian! <laughs> yeah, fuck I'm talking him. about Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Yeah. Oh a, yes, a heavy yes, hitter. Yeah. He's gone. Um, kind of insane. Ob obviously, what he did uh, was atrocious. But uh, his his manifesto, he kind of makes good points. He was very anti-technology, saying that uh, the government was going to basically. Uh, make technology a part of our everyday lives and use it as a tool to track us. Um, and in that aspect, he he, he wasn't, wasn't wrong. wrong. He wasn't he was wrong. wrong. But uh, this is enough about uh, two white guys talking about Ted Kaczynski. Uh, well, hold on. I, she okay. actually. So Dom actually <laughs> said to me that he passed away, and I was like, I didn't even know he was still alive. A lot and, of people said that. Yeah. And so they made this new doc, like or not documentary, but have you seen that new um, like A twenty four film or whatever it is that was about him? Um, I have not, but I really want to see it because I I think his story is so intriguing, like as fucked mm. up as it is. Yeah, it is fucked up. But um, yeah, no, I just thought that was weird that that movie came out prior to his death. I didn't even know he was still alive. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, our, anyway. in, uh, I saw. I think it was photoshopped, but a photo of a, a CIA warehouse because he lived in a very very tiny shack. Yeah, and there was a photo. Um, again, don't know if it's real or not, but in a big empty CIA warehouse with his uh, cabin in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> and if that's real, I would love to see that. But uh, today, I am your host, as you've probably guessed it, uh, Brendan. The I almost said the new blood. Um, you, Mr. I, yeah, yeah, I felt it coming on. <laughs> I, I felt it like rolling off the tongue. <laughs> oh Jesus, um, Mr. Fantastic, and today. We're shaking things up a little bit. We put Ian in timeout. We said no. We said no. <laughs> uh, with me today, as always, it's the slick black Cadillac. And it's I think he's actually slick, wearing a slick black Cadillac or slick back? Slick Cadillac. black Cadillac, like the Rob Zombie song? Slick black, got you. Uh, I think he's wearing a snapback today. I can't see the brim 
it is a snapback. Yeah. It is a snapback. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was thinking flat hats. I'm an idiot. Uh, writes with the number two pencil, number one in all of our hearts. It's Kyle with a K. Hey, doing, welcome Kyle? to. I want to play a game. Our first video game episode. I'm just happy to be here, Brennan. I'm happy to be nominated. <laughs> you know, I just am really glad we're finally covering a video game because horror video games are important. And if you're a part of the horror community, there's a lot of you out there playing these games and a lot of them don't get talked about. So, hey, we're going to talk about one today and it's going to be fun. And, and more importantly, it is in the description of our podcast. It, if you clicked on this and were confused, I'm sorry, but I just had to bring it up. You know, I just had to bring it up. So he, we're going to play this, you know, loose, right? Yeah. We're loosey goosey. We got an hour, give or take, and it's just the two of us. So we I'm just thinking, we were just woken up with incredible stomach pains. Sure. And we just took a big shit. We're loosey goosey. We're, yeah, we're 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 shitting. I'm thinking that we we talk about this cast or talk about this game maybe spoiler free first, just like our thoughts. Kind of like the mechanics. Yeah, because I'm gonna say that I recommend the game. We'll just say that off the bat. I mean, same. You could say okay. So you agree? I recommend the game. I think that you should go um, purchase this and play it if you're into horror games. And I think the big draw to this is the mystery behind the story. And uncovering, unraveling the many layers of onion that um, is involved with the storytelling of this game. So, um, that being said, I don't mean to hijack the hosting thing, but no, where do you no, want to no. go with this? What kind of threads do you want to pull from this uh, on our first video game episode? So, uh, I, I think that we do that. We should just kind of get right into it. But I, what I, what I appreciate about this game before we get too in depth is how horror adjacent it is because by definition it is a horror game there are specific elements of the atmosphere that are horror but i mean also this game is really fucking funny yeah and a lot of that is in part to every single one of the amazing voice actors um that are here because the dialogue is written in a way where if it was read dramatically it would come off dramatic. But all of these character actors, um, the voice actors, I mean, really just take the majority of their performances in a really comedic way. Like uh, the the first lady, she's on her jazz run. She's being chased by the whistling man and she's talking about one, two, jazz, two, two. Like when she's trying to to get the, uh, the cover off of her um, steering wheel, like... I think that this game is just as much of a of a comedy as it is a horror, and i I appreciate how that can make it more accessible to both to both genre audiences. Yeah, right off the bat, I could tell. First and foremost, this is a VR game too. It's on the MetaQuest too, and I think this game would be a blast in VR. And and, and I wanted to ask you that you yeah. have four different vr systems right no i just have one. Oh, one? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, okay i just got the playstation vr too so how come you is this not on playstation VR? it's not uh would you have and gotten it if it was yes absolutely so i guess we could also just mention where we played it um you played it on playstation 5 correct yeah because i got one you gotta be as bad <laughs> i'm just a ps5 guy you know um but i i purchased it on xbox so i played it on my series x um, that's usually where I play multi-plat games, like platform games, unless there's like a specific draw to one console or the other. If it was on the PlayStation 5 and it was PlayStation VR compatible, I would have 100% played this game in PlayStation VR. And um, going through it in the very beginning, I'll say that I, I got hardcore VR vibes based on the way the mechanics work, the way you hold items and switch hands. It's very VR, the way you're holding the controllers, and also the way like the dialogue options pop up in front of you. Um, it w- like, I, like I could tell it was tailored for that, but I was like, this is weird. It, like, it seems like it should be a VR game. And then when you mentioned it in the Discord, you're like, hey, there was a VR mode. I was like, dude, that makes complete sense because I was already thinking that prior to you telling me. Um, should we before we get too far into the game? Should we also get into some of the Team oh. Seventeen stuff? So, oh. Some fear facts. 
so I'll apologize to uh, <clears throat> to to every single creative involved in this game. Uh, the creative person. There were so many talented uh, people that got together to create this game that it was just driving me mental um, looking up every single person's individual credits. Uh, so I just want to flat out start this by saying I appreciate every single person that was involved of the cre- of the creation of this game because um, the style of this game and what it's referencing are is a specific game and a specific movie um, that I very much hold in high regard, and it's kind of an amalgamation of those those two properties. So everyone that was involved to bring this together. Um, just an amazing job. Uh, but that being said, uh, Killer Frequency is a first-person horror game developed by Team 17. Uh, Team 17 is a video game developer from England uh, who would go on to develop multiple award-winning games over their 30-plus years in existence. Uh, they would have successful games like The Escapists and the 2006 remake of Lemmings, which I actually played, I think, on playstation two or three i don't remember they did the escapist that's interesting yes yes that's a that's a fairly popular game right yeah 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 i believe oh okay no i'm thinking of the wrong thing but this one is pretty big yeah Mm -hmm. this one is pretty big uh the uh the real money maker for team 17 though would be the franchise worms uh out of their 63 game catalog 27 of them are part of the worms franchise and i believe that there um are more coming uh but today we are planning on discussing their new game killer frequency which is single-handedly i think the best game in their catalog uh so oh what were you gonna say something just shout out to worms armageddon on uh, PlayStation <laughs> 1 because I played the shit out of that game. And if there's any team members that are still on the team that made Worms Armageddon, you were a huge part of my childhood. So thank you. I, I do, fr- from my research, uh, it does seem like there was a bit of a, um, there was a bit of a creative control issue. So I think some of the original people ended up leaving it and starting a new company. But I, I've I've kind of noticed that that happens to a lot of of game developing companies over the years. I could tell this developer was a um, a British team too, just based off of the way they do their dates on all their notes. They put oh, I, the, oh, I didn't even notice they put yeah, the month they, first. They put the month first and then the day, and I was like, huh, interesting. Because they're fucking backwards people. Yeah, over the pond, right? <laughs> um. So I think uh, I kind of want to start with. The the first issue that I had with the game, which is uh, the VR thing, and I, if there was an option to change this, then in my own idiocy, uh, I wasn't able to find it. But the amount of times where I found myself placing the crosshair over the dialogue box decision that I wanted to make, forgetting that you had to use it by controlling the D pad. Uh, that was just that was a very minor thing where it it only affected my gameplay because I kept forgetting. So I can't really necessarily count that as a con because it was just my own, it was user error pretty much. It's not super intuitive though. Like the game visually looks really well made for consoles but as far as the controls go i would say it's probably its biggest detractor from being better because the way you have to like juggle things in your hands like you don't have an inventory system so you're just like if you want to pick up multiple items you got to set one down and shift one Mm -hmm. to another hand and then keep one in your other hand it's just all kind of cumbersome and uh yeah, no, I I messed up a few times on the dialogue options because of the same thing. And I even messed up on a huge, like, saving someone towards the very end of the game based on the controls. Which, you, said, you said we're saving, we're going to save spoilers, right? Um, We're just, yeah, we don't have to wait too long, but at least just, like... Okay, because I'm, I'm curious as to who that was. Because yeah. I, I, I lost, or I, I, I didn't save two people on my first run, and I was, I was bummed. Two people I didn't save either, one of which I didn't even realize I saved. I thought I saved them, so I was really confused at the end when it was... I think we might have... Should we just get into spoilers? 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk about the game. Okay. Um, let me. Uh, I'll let you go first. So first was uh, <clears throat> one of the teens. I had. Uh, I think I picked the wrong spotter. No. 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 I picked. I. I fuck. I don't remember now. I'm. I'm trying to to pull up my. Uh. uh my trophy list. Okay. So. Ah, damn it. I meant to have this pulled up earlier. Uh, so Roller Ricky was one of the people. Is is that who you had? One of the so one of the people that died for me was also Roller Ricky, but in that in the that game, was I saved that him. That was devious. It was, but like in the game, I saved him. Like he didn't die; he got away. But but you, then, did, but you did you you gave Dawn the the security code, right? I did. That's, That's what it was. Happened. That's where That's it happened. That's what it was. Okay. In okay. the second, the second I gave her the security, I was code, confused I was, by that at, at the beginning, like who that was going to affect. Because, and I, I think that's that's kind of why I was okay with him dying because uh, he calls and he brags about earlier in the game the new security system that he got, right. and we also just happened to get it. So in my head, I was kind of thinking. Uh, Maybe this is a new company in town. This is a very small town. Obviously, it's a very safe town. But uh, maybe this new company came in and they were like, hey, it's a small town. We'll give you all a flat rate on these security devices. So I was thinking, you know what? Dawn probably has one, too. Yeah. Nope. nope. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so that must have been what happened. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to... Did, uh, did you happen to get all of the vinyl records? I found four, so no, I didn't. I didn't hit them all. You found four. I could only find three. Yeah, I found four of them, but I didn't get the achievement for finding them all. So, um, I didn't find them all. But I wasn't actually looking for them mm-hmm. because, um, unlike going into most games, I usually look at the trophy or achievement list prior to playing. But on this one, I didn't. So I like I kind of just wanted to play it. And I knew it was kind of a short game, so if I wanted to go through it again, I knew I could clean up things pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. So um, I wasn't like achievement hunting or trophy hunting this first playthrough. I just wanted to experience the game. Um, but I'm not too sure how many there are, but I did get like more than half of the achievements. So, so uh, <clears throat> uh, a uh, an elephant in the room that I that I need to bring up is how terrible of a paper ball basketball player you are dude i okay so i wasn't even doing it that much like i just was like periodically like throwing them in which okay so let's talk about can can you also can you okay yeah could you talk about the room and could you also talk about the room and also could you tell everyone eventually about uh the paper ball basket mechanic yeah so your your little dj booth um which by the way i'll say um the the kind of like ambiance that it sets is very cool i love like mm-hmm. the lighting coming through the windows very the 80s lighting. neon yeah. vibes like i dig all that um i like the aesthetic of the game a lot it really has um a vr look to it i could tell it's a vr game and if you've mm-hmm. played like higher budget vr games you'll know what i'm talking about like the way the character models look and the way the environments look it has that vr look to it but it it holds up really well for a um like a 2d kind of like kind of game experience but or not 2d but non-vr um so yeah there's like this trash can in the corner of the room and you have an unlimited respawn amount of like paper like crumbled up paper balls that you could like toss from across the room while you're just like on the radio talking to people on the phone or just kind of like chatting with your producer and occasionally i would just throw them in and by the end of the game i had like close to 30 and i was like hell yeah dude i got 30 of these things in here this motherfucker this guy how many did you have 227 were you just literally shooting them in there the entire game yeah whenever they were just like chunks of because there's large chunks of dialogue where it's just you and penny talking or you and someone on the phone talking and the decisions you make at that point don't necessarily matter so whenever i got to one of those points i was just in my current playthrough i'm going for an everyone dies playthrough i have 325 did you get the everyone lives 
achievement? No, no. Oh, that's right. That's right. Two people died. Yeah. Did I, I'm going to go for that because uh, I expect I'm going to be able to kill everybody um, in this run. So for my third run, uh, one of the stipulations for an achievement is everybody lives in a full playthrough under four hours. Okay. So I'm going to go for I'm going for the vinyl. Cause there was thank God there was just a video released of every uh, vinyl in the game because I I tried so hard and I, I and I lost it all. But in the end, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, what do you think about um the main two characters like their dynamic like Forrest Nash and Peggy Weaver? Like, what do you think of them as like being the centerpiece of the game? I think it's <clears throat> I think it's fantastic and going back to what I was saying about one of the properties that this game kind of hinges upon which is how you used it to 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 sell the game to me um and I I probably would have would have thought the same thing after watching the trailer but the second I saw you say that it's like Pontypool um I was like oh fuck yeah I'm buying it right now and I did <laughs> uh I was kind of wishing that Forrest was a little more gruff and tumble kind of like Grant Mazzy. Uh, but I really like the relationship that these two have together at this point. Uh, so for those of you who aren't aware of uh, the, the main character, Forrest Nash, uh, had he was a call in show DJ on the radio um, in the mid 80s. Uh, that's because that's when the game takes place. And that averaged about 5 million viewers a night. Now he lives in a town of 1,000 people that gets, what did like she say? 35. Or 35. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that gets 35 full stop a night. Uh, so he's kind of someone that has a big head on his shoulders. Uh, but I think I like how throughout the game he becomes, as these events are happening, he becomes more grounded. I feel like he was a bit more Howard Sterney uh, on his Chicago show based on how he sort of reacts to things and the dialogue options that were given throughout the game. And uh, Peggy's great. Peggy just fucking gives it right back to him. And uh, I, I really liked the relationship that, that the two had. What about you? Yeah, I think the dialogue options give a good variety of like how you want your Forrest Nash to be there's like definitely routes where you could be a more sincere or more just like a witty cocky sarcastic yeah. kind of like Forrest Nash um I think that the two actors um so Josh Cow uh, Cowdery and uh Naomi McDonald they play Forrest and Peggy I think they did an excellent job I think with a game like this where I would say probably 70% of it is probably more than that is just dialogue it 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 takes very convincing actors to to sell the game and make it enjoyable when you're not playing but kind of like you said you're sitting there throwing paper balls in a basket and you pay twenty dollars to do that for four hours you know what i mean so the fact that they can make the dialogue and the writing um like have you invested in the story and also the two characters i think that's super important i think they they did a great job. I think they did a great job. You know, the, the way that you just worded that kind of made me think of how, you know, half the videos on TikTok nowadays are four minute long movie clips on the top half of the screen and the bottom half of the screen is like someone shaving soap or playing like subway surfers. It's like I was intrigued and engaged by the conversations they were having, but my stupid fucking smartphone mind was like, had something else to, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly the more i think that, that kind of feels like a commentary on me as a person and i no, don't think I, it's a good commentary no i think that the the amount of baskets that you make is like a very good cue on like how easily you can get distracted <laughs> but um no i think the performances are absolutely stellar and like even from the supporting cast i think they're all really really funny i think this what do you think about brian ponty brian ponty dude this motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> dude at first i was like this guy's annoying as shit and he's supposed to be right but then like his way of sneaking back into the calls and like <laughs> pretending he's different people and imitating different voices it just became super charming and kind of funny and can i uh, say my, my my favorite interaction between the two 
is when it's towards the very, very end and Forrest has had enough of this whole fucking night. He just wants it to end. <clears throat> Brian calls and he puts a voice on and he's like, I'm a small business owner in Gallows Creek and I love it here. And in one of the voice options is like, okay, cool. And then he keeps going, my small business is thriving because of the good people of Gallows Creek. Yeah, he's and slowly like, plugging. Okay, his- <laughs> yep, all right. And then he's like, and at the when you get to the end of that conversation tree, your only option is to say, are you Brian Ponty or what is your business? And it's just so fucking, and then he goes, oh, I'm Brian Ponty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, which, um, again, is a, like a callback to Pontypool, which is cool that they put that in there. Um, I love did, that. Did you notice, um, you probably, because you have to read the map a couple different times. Uh, did, I, I assume you noticed all the references like McCready Street, Haddonfield Road. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like Myers Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bunch. I, I wrote them down, but... Um, I don't know where I put them, but yeah, no, th- there's a bunch of callbacks and references. There, there was a very obscure one, and maybe it's not a reference. Maybe I'm reading into it way too much. But Jeannie McPherson, uh, there's uh, uh, notably the found footage film before the Blair Witch Project, the McPherson tapes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, haven't. Seen I, I might it, be but... reading into that a little too I'm much, but it, it feels not. Um, the, like. There was a Jericho lane, I think, too, which could have been like a Clive Barker thing. Oh, and see, there... I, w- I was thinking because uh, Chris Jericho is a oh. very heavy proponent. Uh, he produces and executive produces a lot of like indie horror films. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. And also I, good. For I was just happy to see a Romero Street. So yeah, yeah. I was happy on that. <laughs> Uh, um, let's uh, let's kind of talk about a little bit uh, the the killer themselves you know i think initially i i didn't know if that was enough just the whistle but i think given the fact that all of because i don't know if we actually said this but all of this is over the phone the entire game's over the phone yeah uh soon that whistle just becomes eerie yeah right a little bit uh what what did you think of the whistling man uh, I thought it was cool. Um, I liked the little, you know, little, not catch line, but his little thing that he has, the whistle, you know, like you could hear him coming kind of thing. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, it gets even cooler when they add context to why he's called the whistling man. Um, it takes place, you know, when, you know, certain someone dies at whistling peak. Um, but uh, no, yeah, I thought the killer was cool. It was interesting to not really see him. You, like. You see them at the beginning and at the end, but um, did you think the beginning stinger was necessary? No, not at all. I I could have done without that. Yeah, the whole like jump, and that's another thing. That's like another VR kind of little thing that they did. It's in VR that would have looked cool and it would have looked scary him jumping at you, but playing it normally on a TV, it's it didn't do anything for me. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the I thought the Killing Man was cool you didn't really have a lot of time to like learn about them until the end, but what about you? And, uh, <coughs> did you get the, uh, the achievement for finding all of Clive's tapes? I did. Okay. So I, I like when there's story based achievements that are kind of mixed throughout op- optional or miss missable achievements, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. maybe I'm stretching a little bit here. Let's hear it. Here it is. But do you think that Clive having his murder conspiracy cave right below all of their noses was kind of a commentary on like uh uh like the class system because you have all these people who are so ingrained in their own daily lives coming in nine to five doing their job going home that they don't notice that there's a filing cabinet right below their feet that open up into this giant fucking hr nightmare kind of like hold on so you're saying like kind of like nobody pays attention to the lower class like janitor guy and his surroundings and what he's doing yeah, like, like I, I could see how they, they might not have a need to go down there. Right. They would per have se. a need. Yeah. But 
they just don't pay attention to him, man. <laughs> good old Clyde, man. Good, good, good old Clyde. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of. But they also had like they had storage boxes down there and shit. So like someone had to go down there at some point. Did you have the initial re- reaction of opening that um, yeah. closet and be like, "Oh, this bitch is the killer"? Oh no, I opened it up and I was so completely caught off guard. It okay. was a jump scare for me. Okay. Um. No, I mean, like, did you? Oh, like so once once I started like once seeing you everything, found it, and you're like, oh, and, and like looking through everything, but you're like, oh, this guy's got to be the killer. I I did initially think that, but then I thought that it was gonna be a red herring. And I think somewhat it is a little bit of a red herring because I think it there, is for sure, yeah. There are two killers. Um and I think that Clive is more than okay with all these people dying. <laughs> yeah, so the story gets very if you go you go from it no makes a story a lot of turns at the end yeah, yeah you so, go from no story or you go you get a decent amount of story in the Clive first like, did help hours. cover it up correct yeah okay so what would be the point of him trying to save everybody wait no isn't because this is where i got kind of confused yeah because clive i think because Clive was the only person whose life was technically ruined by this whole thing. Because uh, Sandy was able to go about her life. That one person was able to keep their business. You know, everyone else thrived while Clive is stuck being a janitor at a, at a radio station that gets up maybe 100 listeners a day. Right, and he, he was something bigger before wasn't he yes i just don't i'm yeah blanking it, it, it's on, on what me. he was yeah but um <clears throat> yeah no i thought that whole that whole red herring was cool i really liked the audio files you find at the end when you start piecing mm-hmm. things together and it starts ramping up i think it kind of throws too much at you in a too small of a time in my opinion i don't think they like drip feed you the story and then like it could have been an eight hour game yeah maybe not eight but like or, or i think maybe put the the tapes that you find a little bit earlier into the game yeah, and space it out okay yeah because it's a vr game no one wants to spend eight hours in a vr I but like <laughs> i could i could see them like introducing the plot holes or not the plot holes i'm sorry but like the like the story threads and like the mm-hmm. twists and stuff a little earlier on instead of dumping everything on you like the last hour of the game one of uh one of my favorite lines in this is report a Clive to stay alive. Report a Clive to stay alive. <laughs> Do you have a um like a favorite uh like a puzzle or a call? Uh I th- I think my favorite would be the one with the teens because that I I would say out of all of them that one takes the most amount of the the one where you have to pin the the thumbtacks onto the wall to like see who's closer or you get the sticky note like anything that had to do with the map on the wall wasn't a big fan of that uh but yeah i felt too dumb yeah exactly uh (laughs) it's like whichever one's closer but this person's closer or but the old man's closer but there's no way he can get there faster than that shit was fucking confusing i felt like (laughs) an idiot trying to solve that puzzle like um Uh, I'm not good at puzzle games. Like I'm not. So like yeah. when they uh when they make the puzzles just right mm-hmm. and like it clicks with me, not like super fast, but like it doesn't take an exorbitant amount of thought. It's yeah, like, I I prefer those, but like I, I liked the ones where you have to explore the the floor you're on where all their desks are, and then go down to the kitchen to see like which of the three restaurants uh would be the one that the frat boys would probably order from. Well, Pawnee's Pizza has, if you listen to one of the uh, the advertisement tapes that you play, if the high school team wins their football game, you get free pizzas. If you read one of the newspapers that's in the cubicle, you find out that the high school team just won their game. 
So obviously frat boys probably don't have a lot of money. So then they would get this free pizza deal. So like that's something where you take contextual clues um, and put it together. And so I, there, yeah. So those puzzles were fun. The map on the wall, not, but the hedge maze, hedge, hedge maze map. With uh, Eugene, that was fun. That was intriguing. Did, did yeah. you have a favorite puzzle? Uh, probably the maze maze. Okay. Like with that Eugene. Was, that was so, the maze <laughs> that maze. Was, that, that shit was hilarious. I loved it. Um, but yeah, no, I had like, I actually got up off my couch and was like standing in front of my TV, like, okay, okay. So he's staring at that. So that means he's got to go left. He's got to go left. And so like it had me engaged on like a physical level too. And I was getting really into it. It was really fun. I, I can, I can almost top you on that. I was also standing up, but then I was turning myself in the direction that he would be facing. So I would say, okay, so I'm going to my right. Okay, perfect. So tell him yeah. to go to his right. I also really liked um, when I can't remember who was bleeding out, but they were stabbed in the stomach and the leg uh, toward the end. Yeah, Jason, Travis, Jason, Jason, Travis, one of the two, yeah, something like that. But um, and you have to I, get the guy from the radio station that was a war medic. War vet, yeah. So that uh, that investigation was like figuring out the safe code and looking mm -hmm. through the floppy disks and reading everybody's bios and stuff and piecing together like who would have equipment at their house, who still like practices, who's far away. Like I really enjoyed that. Um, I, that floppy did, disk puzzle was a lot of fun to me. I think one of the, one of the funniest bits from the floppy disk thing is how it was talking about how in kind of how I was saying earlier, how about how Forrest has a, a pretty, big ego he keeps calling the receptionist by in his notes on the floppy disk it says not a team player keeps calling receptionist wrong name and then we get we get a bit of that when peggy brings up how she was going to go to the maze maze with the receptionist she's like with a I I can't remember name, with, name. With, yeah. with brandy and he's like who's brandy and then if you when you read his notes it's like he keeps calling her brenda or something <laughs> Yeah, that shit was hilarious. Um, I, I just thought that whole that whole dynamic, that whole puzzle was fun. Um, they, if this game, so they have physical copies of this game right now. I think if, I need to buy one. If they if they come out with a PlayStation VR to supported mode, I will buy the PlayStation physical copy off of or off of Amazon and and pick that up for sure because I want to play it in VR. That'd be awesome in VR. You know, this this is kind of a, 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 a oh, you're wearing your murder house shirt. Nice. I just bought blood wash. I think I told you that. Oh, people think that there's um that a murder house in this game is a nod to puppet combo. Uh, where all the teens they go to the murder house. Oh, Cause, okay. Yeah, because okay. it's called the murder house in puppet combo. So they I think like, like I read a couple things online saying that they think it's a nod to the puppet combo, but I don't Dude, know if that I, is. I just love things that are self aware. Yeah, it's it's like a a dumb serotonin. Is it serotonin or dopamine? Which is the good one? Serotonin. Actually, it's. I think they're both. Whichever one works for the brain. I like just like any meta jokes, any in jokes. I'm just like, ooh. Plus, I love jokes where like people, they don't care if like the majority of people know it. Mm -hmm. It's just if you know it, you know it. Yeah, like, like they're not doing it for the masses. Yeah. Yeah, I. I just I appreciate this game, and I, I think that's why I would spend another twenty five bucks to get a physical copy of it because I I I like supporting things that are there's obvious care and attention and love put into this property, and I I appreciate everything that they that they tried to do and successfully did. So, what do you think about the twist? What do you think about the ending? I, I didn't see it coming that she was a uh, maybe it's the it, mom right the mom had two kids yeah Peggy's mother had two kids and the killer right. is Peggy's sister right okay and in the other the other one that's doing the killing is her is is Dawn is her name Dawn or Marie fuck um I thought is, is the, so Dawn is like her her secret name but right. I think Dawn is Peggy's sister. Yes. But Peggy's sister had two kids. And no. their kids, right? Is the killer. And her, she, no, and Dawn was dating Peggy, the guy Dawn, that died, Dawn was right? was dating the guy that got thrown off of Whistler's right. 
point by the guy that's running for mayor. Right. Um, and his, his, did you listen to his advertisement? Yeah. Yeah. So fucking MAGA. So hilarious. Um, but no, the, there were only two killers. There were only two people. It was Dawn and she had one son who I believe was the son of the guy that was pushed off Whistler's point, which is right. Right. So so it was her and her son that were doing the killings. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I really like that final moment where you're in, uh, Peggy gets kidnapped in the high school and you are now behind the producer's desk and you're locked in the producer's room and they've, they've purposefully stashed birth, stashed greeting cards and birthday cards throughout the entire game. If you pick them up, you see there's, there's writing in there or something. And this all leads up to the final moment where you can either spare Peggy or get her killed because there's the card on her desk. And it's the card that Dawn gave her for her eighth birthday. Um, and I just kind of like how that's a mechanic where at any point in the game, you could have picked up a card. Maybe you noticed them, maybe you didn't. But at this point, this is the turning moment for the game to save someone's life. So that's just another small thing that they added uh, that this... I thought was. Sorry. No, that I thought was cool. This was the point for me with the mechanics that got Peggy killed. Was I went oh. to pick up the card. So I was able to back out quick enough to where it didn't autosave and I was able to switch it. Okay. But I um, picked up the card and it was like just in time and I went to turn it and I was about, I accidentally switched hands to the mm-hmm. left hand so it didn't let me examine it. And then Peggy got killed. So I, I backed out. Cause I knew that's what it was. Like yeah. I backed out and I did it again, was able to turn it in time and I was able to clear the game with her living. But, um, yeah, that, that switching hands shit threw me off and like, it, it, yeah. it wasn't necessary except mm. for extra inventory. Yeah. But, um, I thought the ending was a little abrupt and like I said, they threw a lot of information on you at the end, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was really, really fun. I love the whole story at the end and the explanation. Um, overall, it was just, yeah, super enjoyable experience. I got it on a sale for 20 bucks. I would definitely recommend it if it's still on sale, even if it's not for like 25 or whatever. It's, for an extra five bucks. It's, dude, buy the game. It's so yeah. much fun if you're into horror games. Um, um, so I... What? I was just going to say one last thing. Yeah. Uh, definitely, if you're into this game, if you've already played this game and you're listening to our cast, go check out a game called Firewatch because... I want to get that. It's really, really good. I don't want to spoil what it is, but it this game reminded me a lot, and I mean this as like a compliment, it re- reminded me a lot of Firewatch with the acting and like the banter because it's all done over a walkie. So... um. And it's an easy platinum. It's an easy platinum, and it's so well acted. It's such a good game. I highly recommend it. But yeah, and if game, you listen to this episode before uh, June twenty second, it is still on sale on the PlayStation Network. There you go. Buy it. So i i I hesitate for us to try and give this a score, but I think kind of in line with how we've run our shows um i think if you obviously your final thoughts but if you were to give this um a a zero out of five stars heart no heart um i think we should keep in line with that yeah i think we should keep with our our letterboxed type score system we got going on um i thoroughly enjoyed this game within seeing the trailer for it and purchasing the game it was only a span of like six hours like as soon as i saw the trailer i was like oh yeah i'm instantly gonna buy this game the only reason why it took me so long is because i was at work i would have bought it sooner um i was immediately intrigued by the premise of the game it looked really cool um it's a cool story well acted fun gameplay the gameplay isn't super deep but i think it suits for what it's trying to do and um yeah, if you're into horror games and you're on a budget, especially like if you, dude, these these 
single to double A games are like perfect. I I actually prefer to get releases like this than like triple mm-hmm. A games. I'd rather like if I can go my whole life and they're like you can get some double A games like this or get every triple A game release. I would pick these type of games like easy. So yeah, no, I highly recommend the game. Um, I would probably give it. I would probably give it a four with a heart. That makes my calculation easier because I'm also giving it a four with a heart. Um, Super fun game. I really hope that they, that this kind of turns into a, um, what Until Dawn did with the Dark Pictures anthology. I really hope that there's a series of games within this specific style from everyone involved in this uh loved it beginning to end i'm going for that platinum i knew it within the first 30 minutes that i was going to go for a platinum uh four yeah that gives it we we the official score since ian's not here to fuck it up uh (laughs) the score for this one is obviously a four with a heart uh and i think that is uh perfect and if you're new to the cast or this is your first episode that you're listening to if you're Ian's just in video bitch. games and you oh. <laughs> if you're just in video games and you haven't discovered the letterbox app it's based out of 5 so 4 out of 5 is pretty pretty good in our books it's not out of 10 so just in case you were wondering uh but uh <clears throat> before we get into America's and the world's favorite game show we are going to take an official Ruminations Radio Network sponsored Thick Piss Break. Please enjoy a word from the other shows on the Ruminations Radio Network. Thick poop break. <laughs> Euphoric poop break. Oh, God, it hurts. What's wrong, buddy? Nothing. That's the name of our podcast. Do you think anyone will know it's a reference to what some random SWAT team member said in that one scene in Terminator 2 after getting nailed in the back with a gas canister? Probably not, but they will get a regular dose of two lifelong gamer buddies on either side of the Pacific Ocean, delivering their view of video games with a retro emphasis every other week. That's cool. And welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time <clears throat> for the greatest game in the world, What's in the Box. Uh, it is a game where, uh, since it's actually just two of us, we're doing it a little differently today. Uh, both of us have two movies we're going to pick from uh, on the Letterbox app, which Kyle actually just explained earlier, so that makes my job a lot easier. Uh, so I think... In all fairness, since I have been hosting Kyle, I think uh, let's give uh, let's give you the lead on this one. If uh, if you would like to uh, to start number one, and I'll, I'll keep track of the points. Okay, a bunch of crooked cops raid a ruined building located in an improv in an improvised suburb of Paris. Excuse me. Determined to furiously avenge the death of one of them, murdered by the ruthless criminal gang hidden on top of the dark labyrinth that will become a deathly trap when the living unexpectedly turn into the undead by a mysterious plague. That is a weird sentence. B- begin to devour the world. Sentence. That is so that I copied and pasted from Letterboxd. <laughs> copied and pasted. I was having a stroke trying to read that thing. Jesus Christ. Oh, is that the whole thing? Do you want me to read it again? Hold on. I'm going to go back. (laughs) A bunch of crooked cops raid a ruined building located in an impoverished suburb of Paris, determined to furiously avenge the death of one of them. We're on the second comma now. Murdered by the ruthless criminal gang hidden on top of the dark labyrinth that will become a deathly trap when the living comma third comma now unexpectedly turned into an undead by mysterious plague fourth comma begin to devour the world holy shit so there's there's four commas so i'm going to have that i'm gonna have that so i'm gonna start with a two uh, and i think i'm gonna have it again and go with a five 
since there's yeah. So I'm gonna say two point five. That is incorrect. Okay. It is a two point nine. Guess you you weren't far. Guess the decade. If if you would have said if there were three commas, I was gonna go with a three. Damn it. I yeah, I don't I like your logic. Uh 70s. That is incorrect. It is the 2000s. Do you want to guess the year? 2006. 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking up tonight. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that was a botched fucking summary. So it's your turn. So I'm on the board with zero points. <clears throat> All right. Tagline. It's exactly what you think it is. And that's actually... Uh, that's a little hint for you as well. Um, a frustrated Boston detective searches for the maniac responsible for mutilating a number of university co-eds. Pretty basic description. Um, it can't. It it can't be that high. Let's be honest. Uh, it's got to be like a two point six. Is that your answer? Yeah. It is a 3.2. Oh my god. My original guess was 3.1. Not oh, gonna damn. lie. Not gonna lie. Guess the decade. I mean, 2010s. Easy, right? 2010s. You are also wrong. <laughs> it is 1982's Pieces. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's why it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. God damn it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> We're both throwing donuts right now. Yeah. All right. Tagline. Not all the evil is on Elm Street. In 1974, Terry commits a murder and pins it on his twin brother, Todd. Ten years later, Todd escapes from a mental institution on the same day as Terry's murderous instincts resurface. I know what this movie is, but I don't know what. I don't know what I think the score is. You just watched this recently. <laughs> See, because I, I know what I would give it is a lot different than what. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a flat three. A flat three on that. Brennan gets a point. It is at 3.2. Oh, Guess good for them. the decade. 80s. Brennan gets a second point. <laughs> Guess the year. 80. Oh, it's between two. 84. Incorrect. It is 1987. Ah, damn. Should damn. we do three? Or do you want to do just two? I'm down to do three. There was another one that I was going to do that I didn't pull up. Okay. I will do that one now. Tagline, for each of a man's evils, a special demon exists. After a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called blank, because that'll give it away, to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers. Fuck it, I'll give it to you. A vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead. <laughs> it's just pumpkin you can yeah. what <laughs> oh man um so this has got to be saw four um, i'm gonna go with uh i don't know do people like this movie i feel like people like this movie right three points i've never seen it three point one you get a point it's three point okay. two okay okay guess the decade you might be surprised on this one yeah i was gonna say this is either like late 80s or early 90s i want to say it's because i'm surprised i want to go with 90s now that you said that i'm gonna go with 90s my misdirection worked it is 1988's pumpkin head oh, i yeah it came out the year i was born fuck <laughs> we talked about shit. this we talked about it god damn it i got that oh, old brain dude i'm getting all that i forget stuff uh, do you have a third pulled up? I do. Okay. <clears throat> oh, by the way, uh, score is 2-1. <clears throat> Strap in for this one, people. This is going to be a wild ride. On. <clears throat> How many commas in this one? <laughs> uh, I don't want to count. The rubber, 
that rubs you out. That's the tagline, okay? Okay. The plot takes place in New York and in the present. In a hotel called Quickie, a professor blackmails a student of his into having sex with him. But when the professor puts on a condom, the carnivorous condom bites off his penis and disappears. Detective Macaroni, who gets the case, thinks that the college girl just bit off her teacher's penis. Macaroni goes to the motel himself to check out the crime scene. In the lobby, he finds a gigolo named Bill, and he asks him to follow him to the crime room, where the two men attempt to have sex. When the two men attempt to have sex, when they are suddenly interrupted by the tack of the blank. This is attack of the sperm. Uh, I can't tell if it has like a joke rating or a real rating. 2.3. That is incorrect. It is at 3.0. Guess the decade. The 2010s. Incorrect again. It is the 1996 film directed by Martin Wall's Killer Condom. Mm. Looks like a banger, dude. <laughs> I immediately added it to the watch list. It's all so, of course. <laughs> all right. My third one. Tagline, she's back to slash last year's record. Oh, this is also a doozy of a description. <laughs> Psychotic Angela is itching to do what she does best, slaughter dozens of teenage campers. As luck would have it, the previous site of her murders has been renamed and converted into an experimental summer camp meant to bring together privileged and lower-class teens. On the day the youths are boarding their buses to camp, Angela runs over a potential camper with a garbage truck and assumes her identity. Once she has infiltrated the camp, the real terror begins. So this is quite possibly the most underrated third installment in a slasher franchise, I must say. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, oh, people don't watched it. People don't like this movie, but I'll say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. Two points five. Is that your final guess? Yeah. Fuck me, you get two points. Oh, it's on 2.5, whoa! <sighs> Not that I, it matters, but... Do you dude, I love this decade? film, man. I love it. Okay, um, guess the decade. It's 80s. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant the, the year, because obviously you know what it is. Um, 80s... I want to say late 80s, if it's the third installment. Maybe 89? You are correct. Damn. 1989 okay. Sleepaway Camp 3. Teenage Wasteland. It's a great movie. I'm going to go out and say it's better than the second one. The first and the second aren't good at all. So Yeah, they're whatever. But I, I watched all three of these in one day. It, it was awesome. But, uh, all right. You win. You win. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, but that being said. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the late night. Wait, no, fuck the the nine the eight the the one eight nine point one six the scream mm. of the Ruminations Radio Network. Jesus fucking Christ, you, kill me! You got there at the end. That's all that mattered. Uh, if you like what we're doing here, please be sure to uh, rate us, follow us, give us a good rating. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, even my mom listens to us. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but I have been your host, Brendan. Mr. Fantastic. And with us, as always, the slick black Cadillac. The man with the snapback. It's Kyle with a K. As m- me being your force, forcefully adopted son, Brennan's mom, um, I just want to say hi to you. And stay spooky, folks. Hail Rapper. R.I.P. It's